Hey folks, make sure to stay up to date on all the latest episodes by following us at Get Wrecked Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Or if you have any recommendations you'd like to hear us review on the show, you can contact us directly via email. Or, I don't know, maybe you just want to send us some feet pics. You creep, I don't know what you're into. I don't care. We'll review those too. What do you think of that, huh? In any case, all your requests, feedback, and general criticism of the straight white patriarchy can be sent to getrectpod at gmail.com. That's G-I-T-R-E-C-D-P-O-D at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. I got a hypothetical for you. Okay. Over the next 10 years, you are going to lose all five of your senses, but one is going to go every two years. Huh. Okay. And don't get caught up in smell and taste. Like, you can lose your smell, you'll still have your taste. This is a magical-based affliction you've gotten. You you shoved a midget, you got a gypsy curse. That's... <laughs> It's that type. It's that type of thing. Okay. okay all right. So every two years, on the dot, when the clock strikes midnight, you are yeah. going to lose one of your senses. Okay. What order do you want to go in? Oh my gosh. Uh, I think that first would be smell. Hands down, that's the first. Yeah, one. I think that one's an easy. Yeah. My smell is not that great anyway. I also don't find any scent super alluring. Like I don't. I don't have the sniffer for it. So not much of a loss there. I think next for me would be touch. Touch? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Yep. Yep. That's a curveball. It well, yeah. Uh, I think that next would be touch. Okay, think about this. Hmm. You're never gonna come again. <sighs> if you lose touch. Like Yeah. That's tough. But I feel like the others are like necessary for survival. I feel like that's how the rest of them are. Okay. Maybe not yeah, taste. There but... is also a part two of this question. Oh. It's like, at which point do you end it all? Because <laughs> because eventually you're going to have no... After the 10th the year, yeah. you have no senses. Sure. Like, you basically don't exist anymore. Yeah. So, keep that in mind. At any point, you can say, this is where I would tap This is out. where I would tap but, out. Okay, so you go sense or smell, and, mm-hmm. then, and uh, then touch. touch. Yeah, I think touch would be next for me. Okay. Then taste. Uh, and okay. then hearing. Yikes. Okay. And then sight. <laughs> That's how it would go for me. I really don't want to lose hearing or sight. Those two, I like, they're the big ones as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. If I lost my sense of taste, I could just make very healthy smoothies. Yeah, you're going to be right? super, you're gonna be super healthy. Yeah. And, and just make very, and really actually, healthy okay, smoothies. Losing the sense of touch kind of could be cool. You can kind of become like a superhero type. You just have to. You're be not going to be super, but you're going to be able to <laughs> right. endure a lot of pain. That's well. You know what? There was um, a there was a, a woman that I used to work with who didn't have sense of touch in her fingers. It might have been in the rest in all of her extremities, but I know that it wasn't in her fingers. Okay. And she actually had to have her fingers amputated quite a bit, like digit by digit Ugh. type of thing, because because it would get cut or infected. And because, she would just have no idea. Yeah, she would have no I think idea. You'd be checking your hands all the time, right? So w- losing sense of touch would kind of be terrifying in that sense. Yeah, because so maybe it would be smell and then taste and then touch and yeah. then hearing and then sight for me. Exactly. I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna flip it, and I think I would end it all right before I lost my sight. Okay. Yeah. 
I think you're going to ride it out the whole time. Eh? Probably because I could still, I could still do artwork. Like I could still find some type of joy in that for the duration. Yeah, that would of, be it. Of That'd all be of the it. Only thing. Right. I could watch silent films and really enjoy those. I think I would go sight pretty quick. You think I so? Get rid of, yeah. Here's the thing is my list. I think I go smell then taste. I think those two are pretty because it sucked not being able to taste bacon ever again. Well, yeah, that would suck. But never getting to touch a titty again. <laughs> never getting <laughs> you, to come you again. Still, you can. You can. Okay. You can, but you can't enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. No. So I think I go smell then taste because same thing. Smell. Who needs it? Get yeah. rid of it now. I don't care. Right. <laughs> then taste. Right. And then I think I go sight. Hmm. And then. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. I'd have. I think I go sight and then touch. Okay. And then hearing. And then hearing last. Yeah. yeah. Where do you... Without sight, not having tu- not having touch gets real scary, though. <laughs> like, all the yeah. things you're worried about, it's so much worse. It's like, <laughs> I guess I'm just going to sit in a chair forever. <laughs> I won't know if I am, though. Yeah. I'll have no idea. Yeah. You'll, it'll be like you're forever in one of those gravity chambers where, or, like, those, um, those sensory deprivation chambers. Yeah. Where, like, you just float in... All of your senses are shut off. Yes, for yeah. a bit. Except you still got hearing, I guess. Yeah, let's still be able to talk. Yeah. So when when would you when would you cut it off? Would you let it get to that point, or would you stop before touch? I think I'm gonna ride it out for a little. Like once sight goes, yeah. And all I have is touch and hearing. I'm gonna ride it out for a little bit because okay. I know what's coming is no touch at all, and yeah. then, whew. Because you could, I could do touch and hearing, I think. Yeah. Once again, still grab a titty and come. <laughs> can, can play a guitar. Sure. Can, those are the three things, really. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's all That's you can really do. really the three things. <laughs> yeah, I think I would write it out and see. But once we get to that part where it's like, touch goes, then it's like. Yeah, it's. Yeah. That's it's rough. Like, I feel like, you know, when you're at that point. Ashley would probably just take me and put me next to the window and feed me water like a plant. (laughs) (laughs) Here you go. That's it. She'd probably try to propagate me and it wouldn't work. You know, so I generally think that I generally always say, because I've had discussions before, what's worse, blind or deaf? Yeah. And I do. I always say I think I would rather be deaf than blind or rather be blind than deaf. Yeah. But in this scenario, I think if you have if you only had one sense. I think sight might be the sense. That yeah, I'm telling you. Now that I went through my list, I'm like, I'm actually thinking it through, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm ending it way sooner than you are. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I think sight might be the way to go for the last one. I feel yeah, I feel like it's got to be. So, you can at least like see your loved ones and like wave to them. You could do sign language to communicate yeah. with them still. Yeah. Well, don't kick a midget. Then yeah, then you'll never have to <laughs> find it. You'll never have gypsy. to find out. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, speaking of midgets, do we do we feel like we're ready for this? Yeah, let's get into In Bruges. In Bruges. Okay. Hey folks, and welcome back to Get Wrecked, the only podcast anywhere in the world on the internet where two buds take turns recommending and reviewing some of their favorite pop culture hits 
hidden gems, and oddities. I'm your host as always, Thor, joined as always by my co-host, the man in charge of all the incredible uh, artwork and promos you see for us, uh, a man who is as comfortable in the boardroom as he is on the high seas. (laughs) Everybody (laughs) give it up for Micah. (laughs) Yeah, I hate the high seas. So, and I'm not comfortable in boardrooms. Yeah, so I was so, accurate. So you're 100% accurate. Yeah. <laughs> on that. And this is the only show ever that has done what we are doing on the internet. Doesn't to exist the best any- of my knowledge. Yeah, I haven't seen anyone else do it or heard anyone else do it. So, yeah, I think you're right on that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm just going to keep saying it. <laughs> until someone corrects Until us. someone tells me I'm wrong. Um, yeah, so we are... Getting into this episode of Get Wrecked, I recommended a movie called In Bruges. Uh, it was done in 2008. It stars Colin Farrell and a guy named Brendan Gleeson. I just know him mainly as Mad-Eye Moody from the Harry Potter movies. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's primarily it. We'll get into it uh, a little bit more here, but Thor... What did you What did you think? It's so it's this movie about two hitmen hiding out in this place called Bruges. Oh, also, spoiler alert, folks. We're gonna we're gonna talk about this whole thing. So um, this is a really solid film, according to me. We'll find out with Thor, but um, I would recommend you watch it and then come back and listen to this. It's it's a really good one. Yeah, sure. So big spoiler alert, as always. It's like thirteen years old. What are you doing? Go watch it. Jeez. Right. Yeah. Anyway, Thor, give me your hot takes. What's your what's your initial thoughts on this thing? I hate it. No, I'm kidding. I fucking <laughs> love this movie. I can't believe I've never... I've heard the name before. I yeah. can't believe I've never seen this. Yeah. Hands down, the best role I've ever seen Colin Farrell in. He's so good in it. I am not a huge Colin Farrell fan. I wasn't before this. Okay. I appreciate him. He's fine. But we were talking a little bit before we started recording. He was primarily kind of like an action movie guy. A lot of it, yeah. In the early 2000s, there was a period where he was in, like, every movie. Yeah, he the was even... The Booth movie, the, the SWAT yeah. movie. Daredevil. Oh, my God, yeah, he was, he was in bullseye. Daredevil. Yeah. He was bullseye. He was, like, throwing darts. <laughs> yeah. What's your superpower? I throw darts good. I, yeah, and, and stained glass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I was never a huge fan, but this changed my mind. He oh, was yeah? so good in this. It's kind of a sleeper, right? Like, I, I don't know many people other than maybe the people in our immediate circle that have seen it, mainly because I've been like, you need to watch this movie. And I've, I've sat them down and watched it with them. Yeah, I've definitely heard the name. Yeah. So I, I've heard the name in passing. I had no idea about this movie. Yeah. So dope. And I love how silly this movie is. I love all the midget stuff. Like, they're just constantly, they're calling each other gay. Yeah, uh, there's the concept of PC does not exist in this movie. They're, not in this movie. He's calling at all. people gay. He's like, you're a fat bastard. Yeah. <laughs> um, and just so much midget stuff. Yeah. It's hilarious. I love a midget. There is <laughs> nothing. There is nothing that warms my heart like sure. a midge. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The comedy rewatching this, because af- after I gave you the DVD, I was like, well, shoot, it's been a while since I've watched this movie. So I found it online on like our fire stick and just okay. watched it on that. And while I was watching it, I'm thinking, you can tell that this was made in a different time. 
because I don't think this movie would have been made in 2022. I don't think it'd be made at all in 2022. (laughs) It'd be a much different film. So how do you want to jump into this? Do you want to talk about the plot characters? What do you want to jump into? Do you recall? Uh, let's... Because you prepared and have notes. I, I, I don't. I do have notes. <laughs> yeah, so the cast is Colin Farrell plays this guy named Ray. And then Brendan Gleeson plays this guy named Ken. They're the two main uh, protagonists in this. And they play hitmen who have done a job in London. And they are hiding out in this small little Dutch... I don't know if it's a town uh, or... Belgium. Be- Belgium, yeah. So this small little Belgian place called Bruges. And it starts off as like this, I don't know, kind of sarcastic comedy, like with dry humor. And it slowly kind of devolves into a more serious, more serious thing. And it kind of becomes like a dark comedy, but also a drama in a sense. Yeah. And I think that it toes this line between comedy and seriousness really, really well with it. And it's, it's kind of got this somber humor throughout the film. At least that's kind of how I felt about it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, and there are parts where it's like, in your face, this is intentionally silly. Yeah. And it is. It's balanced out with these really dark stuff. And the part I the part I really enjoyed about this was that the story just kept unfolding. Like Shrek, like an onion, it had layers. It had layers. It really did. It had layers because you find out, okay, they're hiding out. You don't know what it is. You're sure. assuming the job went well. Right. And then you find out, oh... Colin Farrell's he was killing a priest accidentally kills a young boy right and he is like tore up about it yeah which starts to add a different dimension to his character Mm -hmm. you're like oh okay this guy is feeling and then you come to find out that was his first job yeah (laughs) that was his first job and it's like oh he's just a he's not they lead you to believe that these are both hardened criminal right. hitmen who have been doing this forever. And Mad-Eye Mooney, he has been. Yeah. But Colin yeah. Farrow's character has not. And yeah, like they just one. keep peeling stuff away. Mm-hmm. And so not only as not only does the plot develop, mm-hmm. the characters develop with the plot. Yeah. Yeah. Which that's is, that's very, very the true. The way they did that was just yeah. wonderful. It was solid. They did a really good job of bringing humanity to both of these main characters. Because going into it knowing that they're hitmen usually you kind of have a hardened viewpoint of what a hitman is like they're they're cold they're killers they don't really value human life that much you know you kind of have all these preconceptions of how hitmen are portrayed in you know every other action film at all yeah and you're right they they do that with Colin Farrell's character and with Brendan Gleeson's character when he talks about you know some of the people that he's had to kill and it like he he talks at one point how he had to kill a guy because he came after him because he was killing his brother. And so he had to kill him and his brother. And he didn't, that wasn't the hit, but he had to kill him. And it kind of shook him a little bit that he had to do that. So I think that it brought humanity to both of those guys quite a bit. Yeah, they both started out as kind of, I would say, typical archetypal characters. Yeah. And then as it went on, they developed more and more. And like I said, as the story unfolds, their relationship with each other is unfolding, how they feel about each other. Yeah. As and as well as their like past and stuff like that. It was yeah. very neat. Because you start out thinking, oh, this guy's clearly the hardened old guy mm-hmm. who's, you know, by the book, straight nose, you yeah. know, does the job. Does the job, gets out. And then Colin Farrell, he's the young hotshot who's out, he's trying to pick up chicks and yeah. and he's he's the young guy. Mm-hmm. And that is true, but then as that goes on, you realize there's just so much more depth and so much more dimension 
to those characters and what's going on with that. Right. Because the, the movie starts out with them basically arriving in Bruges. And through the first, I would say, 10, 15 minutes of the movie, Colin Farrell is just complaining. His character Ray is just complaining through the whole thing. He's just like, why are we here? What? Why are we here in Bruges? This is a shithole. That was, <laughs> like, that was his... Yeah. He's like, this place is a shithole. And they're two Irish... Exact uh, quote, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they're two Irish hitmen. So they're both talking with an Irish accent, which to me, I think added to the humor of it. I don't know why, just the Irish accent's a little bit funny to I me. I love an English accent. Yeah, so there's there's a scene at the very beginning where, where they're doing these sightseeing and Ken... Uh, Mad Eye Moody's character is looking at this building and he goes, You want to go look up at the tower? And he goes, Look up at the tower for what? And he goes, To see the view. It's supposed to be a great view. And he goes, A view of what? A view of Bruges? I can see Bruges down here. <laughs> and he's, he's like, You're the worst sightseer. You have got oh, no, to the be worst the worst tourist, the worst tourist ever. And he's like, I grew up in Dublin. I loved Dublin. If I grew up on a farm, and was retarded, then <laughs> yeah, that's what he said. <laughs> then, then Bruges would impress me, but I didn't, so it doesn't. <laughs> Dude, I died at that. <laughs> like at the at the beginning of it, he is just such a dick through the whole thing, and and I do think that that kind of goes along with what you're saying as far as the characters developing, because mm-hmm. it's done in a comical lens, but he really is a jerk at the beginning of this. Yeah, and you're. You're thinking, okay, so this guy is a jerk and the other one is, you know, enjoys the sightseeing stuff. But, you know, maybe as the movie goes on, you realize maybe he's being a dick because he just killed a kid. And he's yeah. he's trying to process all of the stuff that's going on inside yeah. of his head. And, and you really see that when he ends up finding the girl, uh, Chloe. Yeah. And takes her out on the date. And they're, they're kind of joking back and forth. And she's like, I'm a drug dealer. And he's yeah. like, I kill people. And... Yep. He's like, I kill people and children. And then she says something like, you like killing children, I see. Something like that. She mentions killing children. And you see there's that this beautiful like moment where he, all the acting is just in a two-second glance he gives. Yeah. And then he straightens his face back up and says, yeah. Yeah. And like, there's so much in his eyes and in his face in that moment. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. It's a bit of an obvious scene that that's kind of where it was leading sure i think but the way it was done was it was really well done i think anytime that you can convey or you can communicate through acting without using dialogue i think that that's a sign of a great actor in my opinion yeah absolutely and and with that he did just that because he kind of stopped a little bit you saw the seriousness hit him and he kind of brushed it aside and like brought the front back up yeah. And, you know, because he was on a date yeah. and he was trying to be the cool guy. Five seconds of the scene and it was said yeah. so much. And then shortly after, he punched a lady in the throat. <laughs> in the <face. laughs> that was hilarious. So, yeah. All right. So b- before that, though, before that, though, let's let's go back to let's Sorry, go back yeah. to the tower. So Ken, all right, Mad-Eye Moody's character goes up in the tower and Ray is just sulking <laughs> yeah. on the bench. And these three Americans show up. Right, and they look at him, and they're like, "They're all triple XLs. Yeah, they're, huge. <laughs> they're just huge. It's like the whatever the world thinks. It's of the America. European idea of what America is. Yeah, these just massive people. It's not far off. It's but. well, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they're they're just like you didn't go up to, uh, or did you go up to see the tower? And he goes, "Oh yeah, it's rubbish." All right, just lying because he just wants him to get out of there. And he goes, "Really?" They say the guide says it's a must see, and he's like, "Well, your lot's not going up there." 
He's like, what do you mean? He goes, what do you mean? What am I trying to say? These are a bunch of fucking elephants. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, he tries being nice at first. He'd be like, yeah, I don't think you're... You're not going to make it up the stairs or something. He's not as blunt. Yeah. And then the guy's like, what do you say, Ed? Yeah. yeah. He calls him elephant. Calls him an elephant. And then that chase scene that happens immediately so after. So awkward. Is, yeah. So he, like, gets up off the bench and the American guy chases him. And it's, like, a second long chase scene. Yeah. And he's it's trying just, to punch him in the face. Yeah. It's just him dodging. <laughs> and then when they leave, when they leave and the wife is like, you're just the rudest man. And then... Ken comes back and he goes, hey, guys, I don't think you should go up there. You know, and the woman just turns around him like, screw you, motherfucker. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> He's like, what? <laughs> what was that problem? Yeah. And then what is Colin Farrell's? Ray. Ca- Ray. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, what's their problem? Ray's like, I don't know. Yeah. Americans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The comedy in this movie was just gold. Yes. The, the juxtaposition between those two characters was hysterical so they're hiding out right they've got to hide out but they don't know how long they need to hide out they're just said go to bruges their boss this guy named harry who we don't know yet or don't haven't seen says go hide out and wait for me to ring so they stay in this um little bed and breakfast is kind of what it seems like it might be a hotel and colin farrell of course hates where they're at where mad eye moody's character loves just like the lazy if he goes on vacation, he is the lazy vacationer. He'll just sit down and read a book on the deck of the bed and breakfast that he's staying at. Yeah. Like, that's his idea of a vacation. In the daytime, he wants to go see churches and paintings. And yeah. at night, he wants to sit by the candlelight and read. Yeah. So Colin Farrell's character is just like, he's not going to ring tonight. Like, we can leave. We can go. He's not going to ring tonight. It's the first night. And they're like, nope, we're going to stay here. And then he convinces him to go. By saying, you want to go see some more buildings? And and then they go out. And when they go out, that's when they meet Claire. Chloe. 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 Yeah, that's when they meet Chloe. And one of the best lines in the entire movie is when they when they meet Chloe, uh, it's, at a, it's on a movie set. And so Colin Farrell goes, what are they doing over there? What are they filming? They're filming midgets. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he just runs off the screen. <laughs> Which is the correct thing. If you see... Somebody filming midgets? Yeah. You run. You run. You go see what's going on. Somebody's having some fun. Yeah. And Ken's character's like, no, come on. He goes, yeah, fuck you, Ken, and your buildings. This is the most interesting <laughs> thing we've seen all week. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he, he meets this girl named Claire. He, gets on a, he goes on a date with her. Thor, do you want to tell us all about that, that Oh, date? yes. You know, he sneaks his way onto the set, mm-hmm. talks to her, gets her number, and then... The next night, they end up going... While they were out doing this, by the way, the guy, Harry, he did call. He does call. And he left a very unhappy message. Super profane. Yeah. Like, lots of swearing. One, why weren't you in your room? Two, what the fuck are you doing? Three, I'm calling tomorrow. You better be there to answer. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And the message wasn't a voicemail message. It was a like a handwritten thing that he had to tell who he said was the receptionist yeah. he's like why the fuck do i have to leave this fucking message with the fucking receptionist yeah that, <laughs> that was number two yeah. <laughs> in any case so they do that and then on the next night well the next day anyway mm-hmm. they go out do more sightseeing stuff and they do that so that in return colin farrell can go on a date yeah. in the evening he goes on the date with chloe they're in the restaurant they're playing. You get this incredible scene where, 
they're asked she's asking like what do you do and he's like i kill people she laughs she says that's interesting i sell drugs yeah interesting you know i something something and she mentions you kill children you get this wonderful scene where he says a million things with just his eyes mm-hmm. during this whole scene so this that's a very emotional and deep scene during the scene she lights up the cigarette and she's blowing her smoke and it's going towards another table next to them. She gets up to go to the bathroom. There's a gentleman and a lady at the table towards where she was blowing smoke. And he says, ridiculous. And Colin Farrell goes, what's ridiculous, mate? And, you know, they get into a bit of a confrontation. And the guy, essentially, he's talking, she, she shouldn't be blowing smoke. Oh, you're in the smoking section. What, what are you going to do? He's like, she doesn't have to blow it towards us. Just typical guy shit. Yeah. And eventually, so Colin Farrell punches him in the face. Yep. This guy's lady comes at him with a beer bottle. Yeah. And he punches her right in the... <laughs> I'm not sure if it was the face or the throat, but it was hilarious. He knocks her out in a hit. Yeah. And... and yep. I know exactly what you're going to say. Go so, ahead. right before that... Uh, in, in the during the day is is when Ken is telling Ray about when he had to kill uh, the friend and the, the the friend of his actual hit or I'm sorry the brother of his actual hit and that guy came at him with a bottle and so Ray at that point was just like well he came at you with a bottle like that's a weapon it could kill you so you're totally justified that's self defense yep so then when the lady comes at him she has a bottle and he goes oh shit bottle yeah. and he cracks her in the skull. <laughs> Knocks her out, knocks the dude out, and then uh, he and Chloe leave. They book it. Chloe, by the way, is played by Fleur Delacour uh, from Oh wow, from okay. Harry Potter. Yep, yeah. There's like a couple of that, Harry Potter cast yeah, members in there. Yeah, that's the third one then, uh-huh. at least. Yeah, it's bonkers. Um, yeah, so then they go back to Chloe's place, right? Chloe's yep. apartment. Things are getting hot and heavy, mm-hmm. and Chloe's boyfriend shows up and tries to rob. Uh, tries to rob Colin Farrell's character. Yeah. At which point, turns out this is something they do pretty regularly. She says, he wasn't supposed to be here. We, I didn't want to rob you. Yeah. He just happened to show up. He has a gun with blanks in it. Yep. Colin Farrell wrestles the gun from him, shoots him in the face with it. Yeah, shoots and, him point blank in the eye. Yeah. With, with a blank. Yeah, basically blinds him in his one eye. Yeah, he just flashes him in the eye. <laughs> the guy's pretty cool just, scene. Yeah, the guy's just screaming, and he's like, I can't see. I can't see. And Colin Farrell's like, of course you can't see. I just shot a fucking blank in your eye. <laughs> and he goes, stop whinging. What are you, gay? Yeah. <laughs> and so Chloe takes the boyfriend to the hospital. They go. And she tells uh, Colin Farrell's character to call her again because she really liked him. Yeah. So and he goes, bloody hell, I haven't had a shag in months. <laughs> shag in months. Because they were just about to do the dirty. Yeah. So he, um, this is kind of an important part because when she leaves, nobody took the gun from Ray. They Like they left and Ray still got the gun. And at that point, he just starts kind of sifting through the apartment and finds a box of blanks, but also a box of live rounds for the gun. Yeah, and a bunch of drugs. And a whole bunch of drugs. Yeah. <laughs> so while that is happening, with Ken back at the back at the uh, inn at the bed and breakfast, he gets a call. Harry does ring that night, and there's this kind of humorous, awkward scene where Harry asks Ken, "He's like, hey, is uh, is Ray there?" 
And of course, Ken's got to say, yeah. He's like, yeah, he's, you know, in the toilet. And he goes, well, tell him to go go out for something. And so he like puts the phone to his chest and acts like he's talking to Ray. Yeah. And he's like, no, I know I said that you couldn't leave. Yeah, you m- but go ahead and have a good time. And he has to like stomp through the through the room and like open the door and shut the door to make it seem like he left. But then you find out that they're in Bruges so that Ken can kill Ray because Harry is very um he's got a high set of convictions where Ray killed a kid. Yeah. And I mean and Typically, I mean, that, and that's not something that's uncommon with mafia and stuff like that. That is a real right. thing. If you kill a kid, you got to pay the price. You're not supposed to hurt innocent people. You're not supposed to right. hurt women and children. And he stands by his convictions. The, and you find out the reason that they're in Bruges is because this guy, Harry, went to Bruges one time. And he was <laughs> like, it's like... It's like a fairy tale. Yeah. It's like it's like a fairy tale place. And that's where Harry, by the way, is Voldemort. Yeah. Played by Voldemort. Yeah. Um Ralph Fiennes. And he's like, I just I wanna give him a good time. But uh tomorrow you're gonna go meet Victor. He's gonna give you a gun. And he's yeah. like, Well, what do I need a gun for? You he's like, Do I have to fucking spell it out for you? Yeah. Like, <laughs> You know, he killed a kid. Yeah, he's that, gotta it, go. That's what he says. He's like, he's a good guy, but you know, at the end of the day, he killed a fucking kid. Now, didn't he? <laughs> that is exactly what he says. <laughs> yeah. So, so he gets his mission, his you know job while he's there, and they end up meeting at a bar because Ken just had this horrible news, and and you find out too that Ken brought Ray into the whole workforce, like into the whole job. Yeah, this is like his protege, basically. Yeah, so it's somebody that he knows. We don't know how long he's known them, but he's clearly a mentor figure to to him. And so he just got this news. He's like, well, jeez, I've got to go have a pint uh, to deal with it. And then Ray, on the opposite end of town, is getting all coked up and shows up and they both end up at this bar. Yep, and then they go out. Or no, at the bar, they see the midget. Yeah. They see the midget (laughs) who is there with a prostitute. And they're like, what? And he's like, you know what? I find you very interesting. Would you like to do some coke? I also got some acid and some ecstasy. And the midget and the hooker are like, yeah, that seems good. Yep. So then they're all just hanging out. Two hookers, Ken, Ray, and the midge. Who's the midget's name is Jimmy. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um. So, that guy is awesome too. Oh my gosh, what a yeah! You know, I was looking up what he was in, and because I knew that I saw his face, Willy Wonka. Was he in Willy? Was he in Oompa Loompa? I'm just being an <laughs> asshole. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I was like, really? Was he in Oompa Loompa? Oh, that's horrible. Uh, he so he was in according to he was in Howard the Duck. Okay, and he played one version of Howard the Duck in that movie. And he was also in Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle and then various American Pie films. Like once they just started shooting out American yeah, Pie yeah, films. Yeah, okay. He was in like two or three of those. So I must have seen him from something there. I don't know. Yeah. And there's honestly not a ton interesting in that scene, but it is it's funny. That's that's this is one of the scenes where it's just funny. Yeah, you find out that Ray has got this weird conviction. Not conviction, but this weird kind of obsession about the Vietnamese. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because cause 
he um, he mentions the Vietnamese earlier to the guy who he knocks out and then knocks out his wife or his, his girlfriend or whatever. He mentions the Vietnamese to him, too. And then this midget gets into this hypothetical war and he's like, well, what side are the Vietnamese on? <laughs> yeah, because the midget's all coked up and he's like, yeah. I think the blacks and the whites are going to go to war. Yeah. And... Oh, actually, no, this is an important scene. I'm an idiot. That's right. Yeah, so Ray's like, well, what side do the Vietnamese go on? He's yeah. like, the blacks. The blacks. Yeah. He's like, what side do the half, half, like half white, half blacks go on? The, the blacks. blacks. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. And then, but then, then you find out Ken, he was married to a black woman mm-hmm. who was killed through because of like racial prejudice yeah. essentially yep and he's like so what side do i pick and the guy and, he, and the midget guy's like um you just you just gotta go with your heart yeah. on that like he basically like that is actually an incredible scene because you get backstory on ken yeah and also it, it's just a powerful moment where he's being like you're being an asshole he yeah. just shuts this guy down yeah really quick <laughs> and and that's and I think his line when he leaves is because right after that he's gone. Like after he after he's like, who do I? Where do I side in this war of yours? And he's like, well, a bunch of coked up hookers and a racist dwarf think I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Something he like gets that. out of there. Yeah, yeah. So he goes. I forget if I don't know if Ray goes with him or not. I yeah, don't remember. He does. He yeah. does go with him. Yep. So from there they go back to the inn. They go back to in, to the inn the next day. You know, Ray probably sleeps in or something. But Ken goes and gets the gun. Yeah. Gets the gun from Victor, who's a bit of a weirdo. He's a little bit of a weirdo, yeah. He really likes the alleyways. He likes the alcoves. Yeah, the alcoves. Goes all off on that. So Ray is off basically dealing with his inner demons. Yeah, because throughout this, we've kind of, we haven't really touched on this a whole lot. But throughout sure. this, between all these silly comedy scenes and stuff... There are a lot. There's a lot of Ray reflecting on the fact that he's like, I killed a kid. Why should I be alive and he's not? Yeah. I, you know, he sees kids playing and it like sets him off. It triggers him, and he's like, I took that from this kid that I shot. Because yeah. and free, he was killing a priest. Doesn't care that he killed the priest. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. But in the midst of killing a priest, mm-hmm. he shot this kid. Yeah, and so this whole this time kid. he's just been struggling with this. Yeah. Now he has this gun. Yep. So while Ken is going to get the gun from Victor, Ray is at a park contemplating turning the gun on himself. Yeah. And when Ken finds him at the park, he is about to shoot himself. So Ken is going there. He has the gun, has the silencer on. Yeah. He sees him sitting on a bench. He's going to presumably kill him. Mm -hmm. And as he's walking up to kill him, he sees him put the gun to his head. Yeah, because he's walking and, up behind him. And as right. soon as that happens, he has a change of heart and he stops him from killing himself. Yeah. yeah. And even that ends up being a funny scene because he's like, what the hell are you doing? Are you going to kill yourself? And he's like, it looks like you were about to kill me. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And he's he goes, I wasn't going to go through with it. He goes, it fucking looked like you were going to go through with it. <laughs> yeah. It, there's a great to, uh, scene like... Um, just image still shot of Colin Farrell holding the gun to his head and right behind him is Brendan Gleeson holding the gun to his head. In my notes, I put that uh, Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell tried to kill Colin Farrell at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it, was, it was such a cool little scene. 
uh, just like a still frame. I thought it was com- composed very, very well. Sounds like we have some episode art then. We, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so then with that, Ken decides I'm not going to kill him. I'm just going to stick him on a train. He can go to wherever, and you know, deal with the fact that he did what he did. Yeah. But it was an accident. He didn't mean to kill the kid find a purpose in something else you know save the next kid do something charitable with your life make amends so to speak he's like get get out of this place man yeah. he's, he has a once again it's this character unfolding mm-hmm. and because had he not gone to kill himself he would have shot him he would have yeah. killed him mm-hmm. and so but seeing the fact of how much i think that's what turned him is seeing the fact of how much it weighed on him he realized oh, he's not this guy. Yeah. He was never meant to be here. I brought him in here. That, yeah. that that scene is so important because that, you know, this guy is a career hitman. Mm-hmm. This is a hard and tough guy. Yeah. But seeing, like, it was that moment that, that changed him. Sure. And I really enjoy the balls that Ken has after he gets him on the plane, or on the train. Because while the train is moving, he calls Harry... And holds up the phone and he's like, do you hear that? That's a train. Ray's on it. I don't know where he's going. Ray doesn't know where he's going. And if you have to come do your thing, then come do your worst. And I felt like that scene was really, really good in telling us about the moral code of um, of Ken quite a bit. Because when his wife was killed, I don't remember where it was said in the movie, but it, it was mentioned that Harry is the one who basically found the guy and killed him. Okay, yeah. And and so that, that's why he's worked for Harry and is kind of indebted to Harry. That's his yeah. boss pretty much. Yeah. So so I thought that it was pretty it showed a lot of I'm going to use the word character, like moral character on that. Obviously he's a hitman and he kills people, but he certainly is living by this code of honor where Harry basically either that because they don't get into the details, he either tracked down the guy and killed him or helped me track down the guy and killed him. I certainly owe him and I'm I'm not just going to leave him like I'm going to fess up to what I did and let him decide the consequences. And then Harry. So Harry ends up he comes to Bruges. Yeah. What did you think about the scene where he was on the phone with him? And then that's the first time you see Harry like in his house. And it's a beautiful house. And he's there with his wife and kids. Yeah. And after after Ken hangs up the phone, he just spends like a solid 15 seconds slamming the freaking phone into the receiver. (laughs) (laughs) His wife's like, Harry, Harry, it's an inanimate fucking object. (laughs) He's like, yeah. (laughs) Actually, my favorite line from the movie comes from that scene. Because then he goes into like the living room with his wife and his two young kids. And he's like, I'm going to have to go to fucking Bruges. Yeah. She's like, why do you have to go to fucking Bruges? Yeah. It's a matter of honor. And yep. she's like, okay, well, is it going to be dangerous? And he's like, of course it's going to be dangerous. It's a matter of fucking honor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And when, and when she yells at him, she's like, it's an inanimate fucking object. He just looks at her and he's like, you're an inanimate fucking oh, yeah. object. And so, like, after, after that, and he's talking to her, he goes, I'm sorry I called you an inanimate object. I was angry. <laughs> Such a good scene. Yeah. So he ends up going to Bruges. He goes to Bruges. He goes to meets the weird alcove guy. Yep. Says some wildly racist shit, too. <laughs> it's, 
<laughs> he does. Because he's like, he's going to that guy to get a gun. That guy has an Uzi on the table and he's like, what well, am I a gangbanger in Los Angeles? I'm not going to uh, shoot down 10 children in yeah. a drive-by. It, I'll take yeah, a man. It was gun. really he bad. Was, he was horrible. Yeah, it was really bad. Yeah. And he meets the guy who got shot in the eye by... Uh, by Ray. By Ray. Yeah. Yeah, and he lost his eye, or yeah. or at least he's never going to see yeah. out of that eye again. And meanwhile, while that's happening, Ray, on the train where he's supposed to be leaving Bruges, the cops track him down. He gets arrested yep. for punching that the Canadian, the Canadian. and his wife yep. in the restaurant. Yep. So he is now back in Bruges in jail. Yeah. <laughs> Chloe, yeah. Chloe ends up bailing him out. Uh-huh. When Chloe ends up bailing him out, they, they've kind of got this weird parallel thing that's happening because... When Chloe comes and bails him out, it's nighttime. And by then, Harry has gotten to Bruges. And Harry and Ken are just sitting at a table. And they're just talking. And they're, like, shooting the shit right before both of them know that they're about to have a gunfight. Yep. Like, they know that something is going to go down. But you can tell that they're old friends. Yeah, and they're still laughing and joking. They're laughing about the alcove guy. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so good. This whole movie, I seriously, every scene we talk about, I want to be like, oh, that's my favorite scene. Yeah. That's the best part. It was it was all so great. Well, I think the the really good thing about it was that they planted seeds a lot. And then you got to see that come to fruition within a short amount of time. Yeah. Um so like the Vietnamese quote that uh Colin Farrell's character said talked about with the Canadian right before he punched him comes back and they can kind of use that as, as a type of comedy where he brings up the Vietnamese again. And then there's this scene where when Chloe and Ray are walking around like the town square or something like that, they see Jimmy the midget. And this time Jimmy, the midgets dressed up like a little schoolboy (laughs) for the movie. Like he's in a schoolboy's uniform and they both look at him and they're just like laughing at him. Oh, yeah. They just start hysterically <laughs> yeah. laughing. And, and, what else are you going to do, though? It's right? a midget and a schoolboy outfit. Yeah, so, so Jimmy gives him the finger. But him being in the schoolboy uniform is incredibly important to the rest of the film. Yeah. But it's such a small little shot that they're like, boom, here you go. And like, you need to pay attention to these yeah. five seconds. Yeah, and it's a moment of comedy. Yeah. It's a moment of pure comedy. Yeah. Which and, later will be... And then there's a reward for paying attention to that in five seconds. Yeah. And there's there's another thing, too. Okay, so Harry and Ken are like, okay, so where do you want to do this? And they go, well, there's a tower up there. Do you know what tower that was? That was the tower from the yeah, very beginning the of the movie. the tower from the right? beginning, yeah. And do you know why they went up there? They went up there because they made the, the remark that it was closed because an American went up there and had a oh, heart attack. yeah, and had a heart attack, yep. Yeah, so... Like the the Americans, after dealing with with that whole like screw you motherfucker line, went up there. The guy had a heart attack, and so they closed the whole thing down. Yeah, because it's a clock. T- it's like a big bell tower. Yeah, but you have to walk up it like a huge set of uh, spiral staircase. Yeah, so that set up the setting so that they would have this you know shut down yeah. clock tower with nobody else. Yeah, in this it. whole movie is callbacks on callbacks. Yeah, and it's great. It's awesome. Yeah. And like so, it's not done cheesy or not at all. Like they the way they weave it into the yeah. Plot I is, felt like the writing of the film was like, really really well done. Yeah, like sometimes a focal point of one scene ends up being kind of like just an offshoot callback in another scene. Yeah, and sometimes a like 
offshoot throwaway, something you feel like is a throwaway silly thing in one scene ends up being an important plot point in a future scene. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was really, really well done. So they go up to the clock tower and Harry is like, okay, well, and he pulls out his gun and Ken's like, okay, go ahead and kill me, I guess. And he's like, well, you're not going to do anything. You're not going to like pull your gun out and fight back. And he's like, nope, I'm not going to do it. He goes, I know what I did. I did what I did. This guy's going to kill him. In all likelihood, he's going to kill himself before he gets off the train. Like he's not in a good mental state and this life isn't for him. And he just jumped into this and he made a mistake. He goes, I couldn't kill him for that. And so then Harry's like, well, geez, after you tell me all that stuff, I can't go and kill you now, can I? And so they have this small little heart to heart moment. Yeah, where they become friends again. All yeah. of a sudden, they're best friends again. Yeah. And then, and he's like, okay. And then he shoots him in the leg. He just shoots him. And he's like, oh, you cunt. Yeah. <laughs> you cunt. He's like, well, I can't let you just get away with it, can I? <laughs> so he's going to shoot him in the leg. And then while, while they're kind of talking back and forth, they see Chloe and Ray down on the cobblestone, like down on the, on the ground, just mm-hmm. walking around. Yeah. Well, her boyfriend who got shot in the eye. Oh, that's he right. He saw him. He runs. That's he right. knows that the guy went to the clock tower. Um, so he's running up the clock tower. Well, well, this guy gets shot in the leg. Yeah. Like, of course, Chloe and Colin are, you know, right next to the clock, uh, next to this bell tower. Sure. Um, you know, having a drink because he's an idiot. Right. He's a dummy. He should have been like, I need to get the hell out of Bruges. Right. Yeah, no. I'll like, just let's not around. just hang out in the same place I <laughs> where I was staying. Yeah. And not only that, but like, let's hang out in the open. A very open public spot. Yeah. Like, let's not go back to your place. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so he's a dummy, but yeah. he's young, dumb, in love. Sure. Killed a kid. He, he doesn't know what's going he on. He's got him. a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so that guy runs up the stairs and about midway through the stairs... Harry and Ken, he's helping him down the stairs because they've made up their friends now. Mm-hmm. They assume... Let uh, bygones be bygones. Yeah. Ray's gone. Ray's gone, yeah. We're going to go about, you know, the standard guy, business. Yep, that guy runs up, though. He's like, hey, Mr. Harry, Mr. Harry, the guy you're looking for is down there. And yeah. then so they immediately both go for their guns. Yep. Harry gets his first. They well, meet- they kind of fight over the gun. Yeah. And Harry manages to shoot Ken, like, in the side of the neck. Yeah. And then he starts running harry starts running down the steps and then ken the freaking baller that he is goes up the steps bleeding out of his freaking neck and leg and goes to the top and then jumps out of the freaking clock tower yep because he's like i need to make ray aware yeah and he, he pulls out his gun at first, like, should I just start shooting? He's like, I don't think that'll do it. Yeah. So he just jumps off the clock tower. Mm-hmm. He figures he's dead anyway with his last, I guess that's probably yeah. his thought process was. He's like, I'm dead anyway. I've lost a bunch of blood. Yeah, so he he's just, not making it out of here. Right. So he just jumps and it gets Ray's attention because they're basically just right outside. <laughs> and so he lands, splats, and then... All it does is add to Ray's emotional trauma because now Ken's lying there on the ground. Yeah. (laughs) So he runs up to him and that's when Ken says, Harry's here. He's got a gun. Take my gun. And he goes to give him his gun, but his gun's freaking busted from the fall. Like totally destroyed. And then then Ken dies. So Harry gets out of the clock tower Mm -hmm. and 
Yeah, Ray's distraction really didn't do anything to help him. Not so much. It like made him aware right before Harry got there. Yeah. So it did I it did help, but yeah. not a lot. Not a lot. So then Harry starts chasing him, shooting at him. Yeah. He runs back to the hostel they're staying at, or the this this motel, to get the other gun. Mm-hmm. And there's another funny scene where So yeah, Ray goes up into the room. The owner who Harry left the really pro like vulgar note with happens to be a pregnant woman. So he's up in his room and then Harry follows him and they're having this like yelling back and forth at the top of the steps and the bottom of the steps. And there he's just like, look, here's what we're going to do, Harry. There's a window. It goes off into like, I, I forget what, what it was. It was like, um, I don't a know. Canal. It, a canal. That's what it was. And so he's like, I'll jump off the canal. You can run around the corner and start shooting at me. And then this woman doesn't have to deal with any of this. Yeah. Cause he's like, I don't want another innocent person to die. Don't kill this lady. He's like, come chase me. And it'll be fair. And he's like, do you promise? Yeah. And he's <laughs> like, of course I fucking promise. Yeah. They're like, okay, one, two, three, go. And then they both, <laughs> so funny. And then they both book it. And when Ray jumps, he lands on a boat, uh, a ship of some kind, like a ferry ship or something like that. Yeah. And Harry is an amazing shot and, like, snipes him with a pistol. Yep. And just hits him right in the it, gut. Hits him right in the chest. And then there's more chasing, but at this point, Ray has been wounded. Yeah. They end up on the midgets shoot, this yep. Dutch film with all the midgets. <laughs> and he's chasing him through it. And now Harry shoots Ray multiple times now. Yeah. And when Ray falls down, he realizes, Harry realizes, oh God, I just did the same thing as Ray did. Yep. I shot a child. Yep. But the child is Jimmy the Midget. Jimmy the Midget. In the schoolboy outfit. But he doesn't know that. Right. And so he's like, I can't believe I did it too or something like that. And he goes to put the gun to his head and Ray's like, no, wait. And he's like, no, mate. Code of honor. I stand by it. And he shoots himself. He just shoots himself in the head. He just kills himself right there. So then the movie kind of ends with the. I I love that up until even the very end. A, Mm -hmm. this guy kills himself because he thinks he's killed a kid, but he really, he shot a midget dressed up as a kid. Yeah. Hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Classic comedy. Classic comedy. Midget murder. So you leave out on just a voiceover from Colin Farrell. Mm -hmm. And essentially, he's like, he's contemplating whether or not he's about to die. Yeah. And he's like, I don't want to spend all of eternity in fucking Bruges. Yeah. 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 And so it ends with him in the ambulance. And you don't know the outcome of him because then it it cuts to black. and cuts to black. And that's the end of the movie. Leads you to believe he could live, he could die. Sure. But it's just, it's so funny. It's like. It's like, this could be hell. I don't want to yeah, be, I don't want to be. What in, he, that's what he says. <laughs> He's like, what if hell is just being stuck in yeah, Bruges? What if hell is just being stuck in Bruges? <laughs> yeah. Which seems like a very lovely place. Right? It does. There's nothing wrong with Bruges. Maybe it's a little bit boring. It seems cool. Like, there's not a lot of events happening in Bruges. But, you know, they've got churches and buildings and they're filming midgets. So that's fun. And a Bosch painting. Yeah. So, yeah, that's basically the film. That's basically the film. I All in all, I think it's a great film. I love it. It's it's one that I watched, and as soon as I saw it, I'm like, I have to own this movie. Yeah, no, I can see why. It's I, I will definitely watch this again. Yeah. There are just so many um, 
humorous moments. It's like a weird satirical dark comedy. The comedy is right up my alley for for me. I just think it's it's smart comedy. I guess it's not like old school. Yeah, yeah, the, not... or or American Pie style. Not that there's anything wrong with that type of comedy, but it's it's just different. It's not as blunt. It's not as um... no. It's not necessarily comedy. This the comedy comes from the situations and not from necessarily like just punched up like lines that are meant to kill. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah, there is there is a line that sticks with me. You're gonna think this is weird. There is a line in this movie that sticks with me every single time I hear the Cranberries song "Linger." I think of In Bruges because you know how the chorus goes: "Do you have to? Do you have to let it linger?" Like with she's with that Irish, song. right? I think that she is actually. Okay. Um, but but you know that line. Yeah. All right. So there's a one of the scenes in the movie is where um, they're going through the, the buildings during the day, and Ray promised Ken that he would go to him and he wouldn't complain and all this shit. And so Ken's talking to him about like up there they've got this this thing that is contains it's said to contain the blood of Christ, and that like every so often every couple of like decades it actually turns back to a liquid and he's like do you want to go up and see it and ray goes do i have to and ken looks at him and goes do you have to do you have to it's not just the fucking blood of christ but no i guess you don't have to fucking have to (laughs) (laughs) so, so every time that i hear that it's the normal song but, okay, okay, I but, see that. I was trying to figure out, I'm like, what's the correlation? Yeah, but, I was thinking, I was focused on linger. It's oh, the, do you have to? Do you to? have to? Yeah, so I, I don't know if there's a cut <laughs> of this somewhere in the internet, but if not, I would like to make it where it's, it's just the chorus, and she's like, you know I'm such a fool for you. And then just him going, do you have to? Do, do you, you have, have to? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's all I want. Just a tiny little three-second clip. Yeah, no, that one was great. Yeah. Uh, it's just the fucking blood of Jesus. Yeah, it's just the fucking blood of Christ. <laughs> and he in that scene too, he's just like sitting in the back and he's just kicking a chair like a little bored five-year-old that doesn't want to be in that place. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <sighs> cool, man. I'm glad that you enjoyed the film. I Watching it again, I'm thinking Thor's got to love this movie. Oh my God. Yeah. No, it's great. Yeah, it just it seemed like it would be right up your alley. No, Colin Colin Farrell hands down best performance I've ever seen from him. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a, I haven't seen everything he's done. I'm never really been a huge Colin Farrell fan. Sure, this turned me. I've never known. Uh, you said his name is Brendan. Yeah, Brendan Gleeson. Yeah, I've never seen him in anything other than Mad Eye Mooney. Sure, and I generally I kind of hate that character in Harry Potter. <laughs> Do you really? Because it's so dumb. It's like. <laughs> The one movie where he has a huge role. Yeah. It's not even it's not him, him the whole time. Sure. It's stupid. Yeah. That, that is and true. And then he acts like he's known Harry for, like, the whole time he got to know Harry, it wasn't him. It wasn't him. He was locked in a cupboard or a chest somewhere. Yeah. It's dumb. Dumb. It's dumb. Yeah. He, okay, so here's here's my thoughts on Mad-Eye Moody. He is the equivalent to Mace Windu in Star Wars. Yes, yeah, It's, yeah, the, I it's the same character. It's this guy who 
everybody's like, oh my gosh, Mad-Eye Moody is like a powerful wizard. He went after dark wizards. He hunted them down. And he thinks like they do. Like, he gets into some deep, dark stuff. And he's kind of spooky. He's kind of a dick. Yeah, and he's kind of a dick. Uh, and then with Mace Windu, they're just like, Mace Windu is like second only to Yoda. He's super wise. He's really powerful. He messes around with the dark side, a tiny, like a tinge, you know, within the lore. But with both of those characters in the movie, you never see them do anything cool. That is true. Oh, my God. That's true. Right? And then they both just die very uneventfully. I mean, I guess I guess Mace Windu gets lightning bolted off of a skyscraper, and that's kind of a cool death. But he doesn't do anything. He just, no. Yeah. Like, all he does is, is hold his lightsaber up and electrocute the... Uh, the evil emperor. Like, he doesn't do any cool yeah, moves. Fucking Star Wars, give Mace Windu a show. Anyways, he in, needs one. Instead of just fucking making a million movies in between episode one and episode three. <laughs> or episode, shit, three and four. Four, yeah. Yeah, instead of just making a million shows. Yeah. About quit, stuff we already know about. Yeah, quit trying to bridge the gap. I want Mace Windu. Give me, yeah, yeah. in his prime. Yeah, and I also want a Mad-Eye movie in his prime. Hunting down dark wizards. That'd be pretty dope. Right? It'd be super cool. Especially after seeing In Bruges now. I'm right. like, I like this guy <laughs> yeah, a yeah, lot. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be a good movie. So, yeah. Same character. That's my opinion. Yeah. Just one's British. I forget what we were talking about now. Oh, I was saying that the performance is awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, performances were great. Excellent. Yeah, I thought this movie is very cool. Yeah. Well, cool, man. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I, I thought that you would. Rewatching it. That was my main thought. And also, they could not make this movie today. No way. Yeah. Dude. It's way too politically incorrect. I love it. I do, too, I, personally. I think it's freaking hilarious. I love midget humor. Yeah. I mean... But you gotta, you gotta be okay so, with offensive so humor. Light, it's so lighthearted. In, right. In, in their, like, approach to it. Also, it's not mean. It's just silly and it's yeah. fun. I love basically... Like the English, the the Irish, Australians, they just love the word cunt and they use it so like so the much. way they do it is so it's like calling somebody a dick or something like that. Yeah. In America, like for them, it's just kind of like just a turn of phrase. It's not a sure. big deal. Yeah. And it just sounds so good coming out of their mouth. I love <laughs> it. All right. Well, cool. Well, that's in Bruges, folks. Um, Thor, if you had to rate in Bruges uh, with. A score out of one to five guns pointed at Colin Farrell's head. What do you What do you think? Um, or ten guns if you want to if you want to go that high. Who? It's gonna be high. I'm gonna give it five out of five. five yeah, I, really? I fucking love this movie. Wow, dude, okay. it is fucking awesome. I can't. Awesome. I was watching. I was like, how have I never seen this before? <laughs> it's so the writing is incredible. Yeah. The acting is incredible. It's heartfelt. It's hilarious. It's dark. It's yeah. It's offensive. It's it's everything, and it doesn't feel like a mismatch, like a like a hodgepodge of like here's a bunch of stuff. It's incredible. It yeah. is great. I've yeah. Um, well, cool, man. I'm honestly, I'm really, really glad. Um, before you got here, I was watching a little video just about the writer slash director, mm -hmm. and he was it was a small little interview, and he happened to go to Bruges on holiday. And the first day he was there, he said that he really enjoyed that the sightseeing. European of you to call it on holiday. <laughs> oh, well, 
<laughs> That's how he said it. Kudos. He, yeah, he was like, yeah. I was on holiday and I went in Bruges. Um, <laughs> so, so he went and the first day he said he really, really liked it. But he said by the second day, he was just bored out of his mind. And he was like, I wanted to go get drunk. I wanted to go get laid. It was, but all there was were these two buildings, like these buildings and churches to go see. <laughs> and, and he's like, so I kind of, at that point, I thought those could be two different people, like two extremes. Like one person loves the just sightseeing, boring vacation like type of thing. And the other person is there and they just hate it because it's just so boring and they want to get laid and they want to do drugs and go party. Yeah, and those... then he walked past a cafe and there was a midget drinking <laughs> drinking a latte. And he's like, I have it. I figured it all out. <laughs> so, so he's like, those could be the two characters. And then he had to think about like, why would two characters be stuck in Bruges? And that, but that was kind of how he came up with the idea of the movie. Okay. I thought that that was kind of interesting. That so, is neat. Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. So both uh, Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson were essentially like two different halves of, of the writer's mind. And, Has and he written process. or directed anything else I would know of that you mm. saw anything that like popped out of you? That is a good question. I actually, for everything that I did look up, I didn't look up the director. So, you know, shame on me. Uh, let me do that real quick. So let's see. The director's name is Martin McDonough, and he has done in Bruges. Oh, man, he did three three billboards outside Ebbing, outside Ebbing, Missouri. That was a solid film. That's got Francis McDormand in it. That's a good one. Uh, he also did Seven Psychopaths. That was pretty solid, too. Yeah, so he's... I mean, it's all similar in feel those those okay. both of those movies I was gonna say, I've, a, I've heard of them i don't think i've seen either of those. yeah both of them have kind of a similar a similar vibe to it uh the three billboards movie really has a coen brother feel to it um if you're a coen brother film yeah for sure or if you're a coen brother fan yeah i'm what am i an asshole of course, <laughs> of course i'm a coen brothers, coen brothers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um all right dude so What's next? What are we what are we jumping into next? All right, so I know we discussed it before. Yeah. So we do have a recommendation from a listener. Okay. So do we want to go with that? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So we got a recommendation from my cousin Michelle. Okay. Who's been listening to the podcast. By the way, after the Fuji's episode. Yeah. I don't know if you recall this, but you said that you didn't like the skits in the Fuji's. This is true. And I would like to... I generally don't care for skits on CDs. In music, yeah. Yeah, in music CDs anyway. If it's a comedy album, then I kind of go in expecting it. But if I want to listen to music, I I want to listen to music. I'm also not the type of person to to create a playlist. I don't ever get in the mood of, this. I'm going to make this playlist for when I'm happy or make this playlist for when I'm sad. I get in the mood to listen to albums specifically. So maybe that's why I don't care for it too much. So on the episode of the Fuji's, this was the message I received. Okay. Uh, On the Fuji's episode, I'm loving it. Kind of hit me hard because that was my coming of age time period. And screw Micah, the skits are great. (laughs) Apostrophe, apostrophe, apostrophe. And some of the good ones still do skits. I don't know about that, <laughs> but valid points, completely valid points. I'm sure that I am incorrect. I'm willing to accept that. 
<laughs> I don't know if you're correct, but it was so funny. She's just like, screw my skits are good. <laughs> In any case, so she reached out with a recommendation. Okay. Well, and she had two options. We talked about them a little bit. Yeah. Um, both, I guess, fall into the horror genre. The one we're going to go with, though, it is called The Platform. Okay. And just a reminder, we'll go over a brief synopsis synopsis yeah of the platform this one sounded a little bit more wild to me out of the two so and i'm not much of a horror fan so if it's a little bit more wild and out there i feel like i don't know if if i hate it that's fine too i'm i'm same way i mean i'm generally the descriptions on imdb are horror sci-fi thriller okay I can't say like generally with horror you don't like like really gory gross yeah. stuff. Right? Yeah, that's that's not for me. Yeah, that's I'm kind of the same me. way. Not that it bothers me, I just don't find it that interesting. Yeah. So I think this is a film that neither of us is it really in our wheelhouse. Sure. Yeah. And that's the whole point of this show. So I want to I want to expand we'll my horizons. Shot. So this yeah. is a film called The Platform. I believe it's a Netflix Netflix original. Okay. I'm not sure about that, but it is certainly available on Netflix. Okay. Brief synopsis, a vertical prison with one cell per level, two people per cell, only one food platform, and two minutes per day to feed. An endless nightmare trapped in the hole. That's all we get. That's all we get. Until until next week. So yep. uh, that that's what we have in store. I have no idea what to expect. Yeah, me either. Me either. I'm just going to hit play and go with it. I'm not going to look at any previews or anything <laughs> at all, which might be a mistake on my end. Because <laughs> knowing me, I'm probably going to start this at like 10 o'clock at night. Yeah, maybe don't do that. Well, I guess you got a kid. You don't have a choice. Right? You yeah. can't watch it with It's the either kid. that or Gabby's Dollhouse for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm assuming that's a kid's show. That sounds like it could be a horror film as well. It kind of is. It For adults, <laughs> it kind of is. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds it's, like a... Like a psychopath who traps people and then locks them in their dollhouse and makes them like dresses them and makes them. What if I told you that? I mean, you're not far off. Just throw cats into the equation where every character except for the main character is a cat of some kind. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I'm terrified. It's the worst. (laughs) (laughs) The worst. But my daughter loves it. So whatever, you know, that's. That's love, I guess. <laughs> you watch cat movies called Gabby's Dollhouse. Cat shows. They're they're bad. Don't do it. I don't recommend Gabby's Dollhouse. Okay, so we're not recommending Gabby's no, Dollhouse. No. Okay. Unless you have a kid that loves cats, then sure. But, all right, so next week we're watching The Platform. On you, Netflix. On Netflix. You should also watch The Platform so that you can join us next week and either agree or disagree with how much we loved or hated it. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like this has been a good one. I Yeah, I agree. I Good movie. Hey. It's a good movie. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you enjoyed it. All right, crew. So uh, until next time, get wrecked. And as always, stay wrecked.